We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go. Another edition of the Quarantine Stream. Salute to everybody out there. Happy Friday evening to you guys. CP from Knicks Fan TV. My man JLs from Nick of Time Show. Special guest this evening, JLs. He is a skills trainer, having trained some NBA athletes such as Serge Ibaka, Mason Plumley. Also trains some WNBA athletes, uh, athletes along the collegiate and high school levels as well. David Zenon in the building. David, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on the show, bro. Yo, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, we've we been planning it. You know, we were trying to get you in the studio back when we weren't, you know, isolating ourselves. But obviously, you know, yeah. we don't know when that's going to be. So, you know, oh, there's always room on the post-game live show. So thanks for joining <laughs> us, man. Nah, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate that. Absolutely, bro. So before we get into, you know, all things Knicks, I, I want to touch on your story and your journey because I think it's very inspirational and I think it's a very interesting one. Um, So just give us a little bit about your background and, and how you got into training. Yeah, so, you know, once I graduated college, you know, throughout college, I was a you know, practice player at Liberty University. And, you know, when you are basically learning different offenses and different positions throughout the time that, you know, you have an opponent coming up, it's easy for you to kind of just pick up on different, you know, terminologies, different offenses, different tendencies, different players. So I studied every single time, obviously, that, you know, we had a new opponent coming up that I needed to know a different offense, different position and whatnot. So it was like, well, I could do this for a living. I think this is, you know, a passion of mine in terms of a sport I love to play, but also just, I just love to learn and teach the game the right way. So I graduated college, um, wanted to get into coaching. It obviously isn't as easy of a job <laughs> to get into. So, you know, I just started training. I was like training kids to make money, you know, coaching AAU, you know, doing a lot of stuff in terms of the grassroots thing. And, uh, you know, listen, as much as you may love the sport, you know, love doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> so, it's tough. you know, it was like, <laughs> so, 
you know, things got kind of tight, uh, lean, I should say, and, you know, I was, I was legit down to like $4.75. And uh, this young man hit me up and was like, you know, look, I'm trying to train so I can make my varsity basketball team. So I said, sure, man, you know, A, you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, A, I need to make some money, but B, you know, this is a great opportunity to help somebody out. Um, so I go to the gas station, you know, 475 on my card. I found a quarter and lost the stream, but go ahead, go ahead and pick up where, where you started at the gas station. Yeah. So, you know, this dude, you know, I asked him to put 25 cents in cause I needed, you know, as much gas as I could to get to the workout. Uh, you know, and I met the young man, had a great workout, hit it off with his parents, developed a great rapport. And I was lucky enough that, you know, his parents were asking me, like, is this what you do for a living? And I was like, you know, yes, man. And uh, they opened up their doors to me in ways I could, you know, I can't even explain. And they were connected to some very important people uh, in the sports world. And uh, they kind of just led me to that situation where it was like, we can, we can help you get to this spot, but, you know, you got to pick it up from there. And uh, I was eventually led or given the opportunity to work the shot clock for the Westchester Knicks. So any opportunity I had to talk to anybody in, in the uh, arena, I did. I had resumes, I had cards, I had everything lined up. And I was just like, you know, this isn't what I do. I actually want to train guys. I actually train dudes. Uh, you know, I do some early training. You know, I was just trying to sell myself as much as I could because I was still learning too. And, you know, I developed a great relationship you know, a pretty good, I should say, with Langston Galloway. You know, he, he got called up, or he was the first <laughs> Western Nick called up. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he was a Westchester Nick when I was working for the Westchester Nick. So, you know, you always see each other and, you know, develop that relationship. And the reason why I mention that is because the year that uh, Porzingis got drafted to the Knicks, he was, you know, new to White Plains. And I literally lived next to, you know, his building, you know, right there. And uh, I said, you know, he tweeted one day that he needed a gym uh, to, you know, for his brothers to play some pickup. And I was like, I got a gym. <laughs> so <laughs> listen, listen, man, you know, I got a gym. You know, I, I DM'd uh, my number to one of the brothers and I was like, ask Langston about me, you know, ask some of the people that are around MSG about me. You know, I'm, I'm willing to help out with anything you guys need. Uh, an hour later, I got a text back and nice. uh, they were like, you know, where's this gym? We can meet you there. So I met all three of the brothers at this gym and it was just cool to see their relationship, but also just how relaxed, you know, you know, KP was walking into a community center in Greenberg. Like he's like, I just, I'm just here to, you know, see my brother's hoop. So the reason why I mention all of that is just because, you know, KP's agent also represented uh, Serge Ibaka. So, you know, throughout the time that we had talked about whether it was training or just basketball in general, you know, I worked out, you know, this one guy that was going to EuroLeague first. And uh, they said, you know, we're going to give you an opportunity to work out surge. You know, it's, it's, it's basically a tryout. Mm -hmm. So if he likes you, he likes you. If he doesn't, you know, well, it was, it was good, you know. Yeah. But uh, so we worked out. Surge liked it. Uh, this was, you know, summer of 2017. And he was like, yeah, you know, this is going to be my guy. And, um, you know, it's been a great, it's been a great relationship. And it's opened up so many doors just because, you know, where we train at the MBPA, you know, there's so many players that go through there. There's so many different, you know, executives or people that, you know, you just want to learn from that the most important thing you could do in this industry, as you guys know, you got to network.
yeah. and you got to do it the right way and just kind of build relationships organically. So, you know, that led to me working out Mason Plumley and, you know, Marshall Plumley, all three of the Plumleys. And, you know, I grew up a huge Duke fan too. So it was kind of cool to be like, <laughs> oh, I got these dudes. Like, oh, this is dope. And, uh, You lost him? You lost him? Mo, Mo having the relationship with, you know, Billy Hernan Gomez and KP, it was great for me. So all these things just culminated by just taking a chance. You know, you got to bet on yourself and those doors will open up. So true story, man. I I love that. Definitely an awesome opportunity. Absolutely, man. Bet on yourself. No doubt about it. And, you know, it took Mm -hmm. you to the championship surge, ended up being an NBA champion. You know, you're riding, you're riding the, the, the floats in Toronto. You're down down in Chicago (laughs) coaching common one on one on one. He goes on to win the MVP of the, of the celebrity game. And, and, you know, you're on center court (laughs) dapping up common. So Mm -hmm. that's been an interesting journey, man. Very happy for you. Great. Did you, teach, awesome, man. did you teach Ibaka how to shoot? Because there was a time where he, he he extended out and started hitting some threes. Is, is that you? Did you take credit for that? The first summer, the first summer that we worked together, he was actually shooting pretty well from three. So I, I mean, I'm not going to take all the credit. You know, he has a guy from Spain named Hugo Lopez who works out with him when he travels. But you know, working with Hugo, it's great because you're dealing with a dude who has so much knowledge and uh you know euro league and coaching at real madrid and now he coaches at another team in spain mm-hmm. but the summer after we met in 2017 you know it was a you know culminative effort to you know make his shot a little bit more compact you know not to dip the ball so much and have wasted movement and his three-point percentage actually went up i believe it was like two and a half three points like it was pretty great for him to be able to do that and also put the ball on the floor. So, you know, there was more to him in terms of his game that he was trying to learn. So, you know, just basically letting him experiment, but then also saying, you know, hey, Serge, we could, you could utilize this because when you study a team's offense, which is something that I like to do whenever I train a player, you're going to learn that the X's and O's, of course, they're going to run certain plays, but he had more of a, a, a bigger role with Nick Nurse leaving you know, I mean, uh, coming into play with uh, instead of Sam Casey. So it was just very interesting to see his growth and what he was willing to do. And a lot of players are just like, this is my bread and butter. I'm not going to break out of it. But Serge is a very particular guy, meticulous, uh, borderline perfectionist. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's going to be that guy that wants to do everything the right way. And we'll be there for like three hours, you know, just the right thing every time. So, you know, it, it makes my job very easy. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope, man. Now you also um you're an assistant coach at the Patrick School in, in New Jersey, right? Yes, sir. The, the yes, famed sir. Patrick School, home of uh Kyrie Irving, Al Harrington, Sam Dallin Bear, to name a few. Um, what's that experience been like coaching there? It's great. You know, these kids, it's an elite program. You know, we were preseason, you know, uh top three in the country. You know, these guys, you know, we got the number one player in the country and Jonathan Kamingo, who's an absolute animal and you know we've had the uh, luxury of just having these high major you know borderline pro kids you know come through there this year so it was it was so much easier to be to be able to relate to them and to talk to them about stuff that they want to do and expanding their games because that was my biggest role with the Patrick School a little bit less with the X's and O's but more like player development and just to have them basically get ready for the next level, whether it be the G League or, or now, you know, Adama Samango, who's going to go to uh, UConn 
Sanago, excuse me, you know, he's going to be a beast, but you got to learn the little things and it's very intricate what goes into this game. So it was great. It was an eye-opening experience. You know, Kyrie being around a lot also helped out because those kids developed an actual relationship with him. It wasn't like just this famed alum that comes through once in a while. Like, no, he was, he was there quite often and was very open to having them pick his brain. Um, even, even coached a few practices sometimes just to kind of, you know, get his hands in there. So it was kind of cool to see that. And he, the kids were very receptive to it, you know, as I would, you know, <laughs> if, a, if an all-star would come into the gym. But it was a great experience. And, you know, we had the, the honor of uh, meeting Kobe Bryant, you know, after one of the Nets games where they played the Hawks. And to see the, the, the look on their faces when he came out of the car, you know, he spent about five minutes with us, you know, just talking about the upcoming game we, we had against Roosevelt Catholic, you know, talking about work ethic, advice, just it was it was five minutes that those kids will obviously never, ever, ever forget. Neither will I. So, you know, the, the season was magical. It was great. I'm pretty blessed to be there. That's dope, man. Rest in peace to the Mamba, man. I'm sure that was yeah, a life-changing experience for you. And certainly I'm sure that that validated, you know, your, your journey a little bit as you, you know, continue on to to hone your craft, man. So that, that was real cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Also, you know, you got a chance to work with Duke, uh, uh, Nick's draft pick rj barrett and also zion williamson got to shoot a commercial with those two guys what, what was it like working with rj man yeah and rj you know that's a good <laughs> that's my man he's a <laughs> he's a great kid a cerebral kid um but when i tell I, I love to tell this story man when we got set up with this opportunity a friend of mine came to me and he was like i know you got a relationship with these two dudes you know, they just declared for the draft. So he's like, you know, why don't why don't we set up this commercial for them? It'll be great. You know, you can come, you could, you know, be a part of it. And uh, these dudes are about, I'd say the com- we shot the commercial about three weeks from the draft, three and a half weeks from the draft. And RJ was still talking about the loss against Michigan State. And he was like, not, he was like, man, I just, I can't believe we did this. And he, it, he had about like seven different scenarios. I should have done this. I should have. I'm like, listen, man, it's all good. <laughs> you're going to get drafted in a few weeks. It's, it's, it's all good. But when they played that preseason game where he hit the free throws to, uh, you know, beat Washington, he brought up the fact that that was the same basket. I should have hit the free yeah. throw against yeah, Michigan State. Yep. That's the type of kid he is. And he's a sweet kid off the court. But I'll tell you this right now, that kid is a dog. And I don't say that. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, we all know. We've seen it. But from personal firsthand experiences, trust me, <laughs> that kid's a dog. So I like, I was, listen, man, we didn't get Z here, but we got RJ. I was still ecstatic. I'm proud of both of them. But RJ, you know, fans are going to be happy with him for a long time to come. Yeah, I, I could agree with that, man. And you, you could definitely see the dog in him. And, and you could see he has that work ethic. You know, I had the benefit mm-hmm. of speaking to his father before one of the games. And you could just see that pedigree in him. You know, it's a oh, it's yeah. a real. He comes from a great family, a great basketball yeah. family, and he's Jamaican too. JLs, you know, make no mistake. We, oh yeah, we, we work. know. Yeah, yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. We put, yeah. we put that work in. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. a five job. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, David, from from a shooting perspective, I know shooting is kind of your forte. 
Obviously, mm-hmm. that's the area where we see RJ needs to put a, get you know better at, especially in the free throw line and so on and so forth. You know, what do you see when you look at his shot um, this season, and what do you think he he needs to work on? Yeah, I mean, you know, Drew Hanlon's doing a great job with him. You know, that's just you know that's his offseason trainer. You know, a guy that I know uh, knowledgeable in that aspect. You know, things that we talk about. You know, just. Listen, man, you know, there's an opportunity for players to, you know, develop quicker than others when they make that jump to the league. You know, RJ is a natural scorer without even shooting the ball that well sometimes. But, you know, there were things that I saw that he did where, you know, you, you may call it overthinking, but not overthinking in the moment because RJ is not scared of the moment. I think he was just overthinking in terms of the mechanics he needed to use. And, you know, being the fact that – and you know, I'm sure you guys have seen RJ up close. Uh, people don't realize how strong and how big he is. And, he, you know, sometimes there's, you know, there's things where he does where it's kind of like wasted movement. And so, you know, overcompensate the fact that, you know, he is a strong kid. And, you know, sometimes he may push the ball. And it's like the opposite of, you know, what, what uh, Kevin Knox may do, where, you know, you could see, you know, the palm start on the side of the ball and then it twists. You know, I like to teach, you know, the hands behind the ball, the thumbs are like a T, you know, everything's one straight shot. It's one motion. You're very balanced. And, you know, there, there will be times here and there where RJ, you know, most of his free throws were back irons and uh, it was kind of like a one two push kind of thing going on. So he's going to get comfortable with it. He's going to tweak some things, of course, you know, working with the trainers that he has, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about that, but yeah, the, the most important thing I could see, him working on is just the touch with the basketball and getting, you know, getting used to just having one motion instead of that one, two, you know, college, you can get away with it. Um, and, you know, the fact that he could beat almost anybody off the dribble, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, that doesn't help because you may fall in love with it too much, but there's going to be a point in time where teams are going to start running him off the line, you know, forcing him to take those one dribble pull-ups and be confident with it. And he will, you know, it's just, yeah. there's always a learning curve. True. Mm-hmm. True, true story, man. Well, one thing you definitely pointed to, which we saw um, this year, which was certainly a strength, was his strength, you know, and, and using his size to, to get to the basket and, and really muscle guys. You know, got yeah. definitely got to work on his finishing, but I, I thought, you know, the way that he got to the basket, especially later in the season, um, yeah. certainly carried him when his shot wasn't falling. Yeah, there's a lot of things, you know, if he's able, he's capable of driving to the rim, you know, pretty well. I mean, great. Uh, you know, the finishing thing, Listen, you know, you know, sometimes lineups, you know, the matchups, you know, the people that, you know, may help or may not help spread the floor. You know, yeah. when, when you have a player that's capable of reading angles the way that RJ does, those passes are going to be there, you know. But then also when you're trying to establish that one rhythm, that one shot that goes in that you see, oh, I could start getting off tonight. Mm-hmm. Then you're trying to balance the two, but also, you know, getting guys involved, facilitating involved. And those guys have to hit those shots. So, you know, there were a lot of times throughout the season where, you know, let's be honest, whether it was on RJ's side or whether it was the players that he was passing to, shots weren't being made. True. And that's, you know, that could be a difficult thing for for a player to develop a rhythm that way. So, yeah, the finishing thing, definitely, you know, he'll work on that. You know, I know he had, you know, tweaked his back throughout some point in the year. And, you know, he was dealing with little nicks and knacks here and there, but nothing severe that, you know, I'd be worried about. But, yeah, Mm. you know, listen. When you have guys that can finish shots, it, it makes your life easier in terms of finishing around the basket. Yeah, Jails. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I know we're looking to add shooters 
uh, this summer. So hopefully that ends up happening. Do you see any other players that you would like to have your, your hands on? On, on the, the Knicks. Knicks? On the Knicks roster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Listen, man. <laughs> now that I'm on here, I'm going to publicly state <laughs> I actually like Frank Nilakina. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, I'm glad Frank you said that. The, the chat was ready to get at you, Come man. On. There's people in the chat like, that want answers, David. Let's go. Listen, man. Listen, man. Um, my So here's my thing with uh, the Hive. Um, <laughs> the, thing with, the thing with the Hive is I was basically saying that I did tweet about a while ago that he would be a guy that I'll be interested in tw- uh, trading. And the reason why I mentioned that is because out of all the young pieces we had that we could possibly get rid of or could afford to get rid of, excuse me. And let's be honest, out of the three, Frank, Mitch, RJ, which one are you more susceptible or leading to in terms of trading? Not saying that he has to go, yeah. but that would be the most coveted piece that teams are actually going to be capable of getting. Like, we're not going to get rid of Mitch. We're not going to get rid of RJ. So that's here nor there. And, you know, Knox is in the same boat. You know, Knox and Frank, I was just like, listen, man, you know, in terms of building a team and in a business, that's what it is. You know, it's not personal. I've met Frank several times. I mean, I even sat next to the dude during a Westchester Knicks game, and we talked about um, a mutual friend of ours that played with him when he was overseas in, uh, in uh, France. So it's – trust me. I like the kid. I, I personally, I love the kid and I would love to work with him because he could be a tremendous facet for the team. Yeah. He's a great defender, long on ball. You know, he gives guys lots of fits. The, the one thing that I, I do get a little bit annoyed with him about defensively is help side. I think sometimes, you know, he does get a little too deep or he does get too far where he may hug his man too much. Right. And listen, I'd rather you be overly aggressive than underly aggressive, but you also have to be cognizant of what's going on. Pre-draft was Thon Maker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were lots of things he needed to work on. Mm-hmm. And I said something, you know, his manager, the guy that was handling him said something, and it's not to be dismissive or to demean you. It's, this is what you got to work on. And Frank's got to work on, you know, the offensive end of the ball. How, and, how else would they improve if you don't tell them the truth? Exactly. That, hey, listen, man. And when you're objective, People may, may people may think you're a hater, uh, yeah. but it's also one of those things where just like we're having dialogue, I would have dialogue with Frank too and mm. say, could you be completely honest and tell me this? What is your footwork good? Do you have the same shot pocket? And do you have a quick release point after you go from the 90 degree elbow angle? And two out of those three things, you can consistently say with him, no. And it's not any fault of his own. I think it's just he's had different player development coaches there. He's had, well, what are we working on? Our fourth coach now? Our yeah, exactly, coach now. man. So, <laughs> exactly so, the problem. You know, there's there's of the lots problem. of things that there's lots of things that are going to be sprinkled in with that. But if you're going to be honest, those three things that I mentioned, that's something where you can say consistently, no, he hasn't. Yeah. So if you're able to uh, tweak some things and. You know, once his shot gets a little bit more fluid and also the confidence factor, mm. there's there's a lots of things that I would say, whether it was sure. Knox or Frank, because both of them I would love to work with. The confidence factor is is huge. And um, so Kevin Knox and Frank would be the two guys on the roster right now uh, that I would like to work with the most. You know, I already work with Mitch. So 
you mm. know, that's, you know, that's one of those things where we have a relationship. So it's like, uh, you know, trust me, <laughs> yeah. you know, his trainer from New Orleans and I have always been, this is what you got to do, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, I think Knox and Frank would be the two dudes I would like to work with the most, just because I think the rest of the roster, you know, Julius, uh, he, he's, you know, he's an established position as a vet, uh, you know, and what he does is what he does. You know, he's, he's kind of habitual with his, his met, uh, movements and methods. You know, Dotson's another one. Uh, I would love to Free do some dot. stuff with Dotson. Dot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, sure. he, you know, great shooter and uh, could could be possibly part of that youth movement that we need. And, um, you know, I know Iggy's agent, but I've never worked with Iggy. Iggy mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of, you could always get in his ear. And, you know, I, I never am the type of trainer that want to overstep boundaries and say, well, this is what you I think your man should do. No, yeah. you know, just... If the player needs help or wants to develop in an aspect uh, in the perimeter game, I'm all, I'm all for it. Don't step on toes. I, yeah, I, hate I have a question, question too because I I know I know I know I know the chat wants to hear about Mitch in particular because there's like a little internal debate about what should Mitch work on? Should it be on the shooting more? Right. Now? A lot like, of overreactions to, to, to workout videos. My yeah. man just in the gym having fun with his friends. They oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> And oh I, I post it all the time, JL, just to tweak people because people just oh, overreact, man. It's fun. It's <laughs> man, I, man, I'll tell you, man. <laughs> man, I tweeted one video of us finishing a workout at Lifetime up here in Westchester. We finished working out at like one something in the morning with, with a three, mind you. I remember that. Yep. We worked out for two hours on jump hooks, you know, post moves. 15 footers the literally the last 30 seconds of whatever we were doing yes. he decided to check up the three yes i my remember that D, all my dms were just like he's gotta have a hook you got it i'm like listen bro listen. a five second video man I he's got oh the best one was he's got to get more sleep i said listen bro nah nah i'd love to be in bed right now too <laughs> It's one something in the morning. Like I just literally posted this. Come on, bro. Um, That's funny. so yeah. Nah, he, nah, he he works on that stuff. Mm. And you know, the the videos that the fans see. Well, he's not gonna do that in the game, or he's not gonna do this. Well, what's the best place that you could hone your skill set than in an environment in which you know there's no repercussions if you lose the ball, right. but you're gonna learn. Right. What? Where's the where's the one place that you learned to play basketball? was a park where you missed way more shots than mm -hmm. you made when you first started playing this game. People don't, people don't realize that Mitch has only been playing this game since he was like 16. Still raw. Yeah. yeah. He's raw. And you know, when he, when his trainer told me about him back when he was 16, you know, you saw the writing on the wall just with his body and his athleticism, but leading up to his senior year, he was hitting threes and he was, you know, putting the ball more on the floor, but he hasn't even learned the game to its extent yet. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, I got to bite my tongue, um, but I got to bite my tongue with people on Twitter that say, well, you know, if he wasn't in foul trouble, if he wasn't this and yeah, you know what, but the speed of the game, you know, if I put you out there, you're going to pick up three fouls because you're not guarding the dude in front of you, mm. just a normal human being. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is a kid who's been out of, who was out of the game, excuse me, before his rookie year for almost, you know, uh, almost a whole calendar year. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. So Mitch, yes, fans, Mitch works on more than threes. <laughs> yes. He works on post moves. <laughs> he shoots free throws. Yes. He's <laughs> like uh, Mike Ins, what else you want? Right. I got, you know, he, he does those things. And the, and it also goes to show you that he, he does work on things because if he's able to dribble like that against guys that are fouling him clearly in that video and it's not being called, what is he going to do in a controlled environment? I, I just, listen, you can't have it both ways, fans. You know, the boy needs more sleep. The boy needs more hook shots. You know, I'll listen to all of that, but. I think he'll be all right. <laughs> just, just let him work, man. Just let him work. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to NBA skills trainer David Zenon. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, we're going to segue into the draft in a second. If you guys want to call in with your questions or comments um, for David, definitely call up 657-383-1509. I know Jay from Florida is definitely uh, itching to talk Halliburton, so we're going to get to all of that in a second. <laughs> Um, I want to acknowledge some of the super chats that came in. Shout out to Mr. GQ NYC. He says, um, David is a good dude down to earth brother. I had the pleasure of meeting him at a Mets game and at MSG mutual friend. Oh, we lost. Oh, he's back in mutual friend, Sergio C. So I don't know. If you, <laughs> I don't know if you know Sergio C, but, uh, mutual friend, Sergio C. Then also, uh, Nick central. Oh, Skrilla says, sends a super chat. He says, Mitch is one of the best shot blockers. In the entire NBA, and Frank is one of the best perimeter defenders uh, in the entire NBA. We both have him in their early twenties, so uh, so I guess Nick Central's saying, uh, "Patience, pa- patience, patience, people." Patience, yep. um, all right, so let's segue to the draft. You know, don't know when the draft is yes, going to be, but you know, we've we've been having uh, our draft series. Um, give me give me your top top three point guard prospects for the Knicks mm. right now. Mm, here we go <laughs> man top three uh i mean halliburton won't be this guy that i've been preaching about for a while talking about for a while um i like halliburton i like hayes um but Lamelo ball is at the top of my list mm. you know that's the guy that i want obviously he's he's a beast man um but yeah i think those three would be the guys that I would lean to, you know, to have on the next, uh, obviously in terms of a draft pick, you know, you got the Cole Anthony's of the world, you know, Cole Anthony's a tremendous talent, explosive, athletic, um, you know, I, his, that, that knee injury, you know, not that, you know, you can come back from meniscus tear, you know, just about anything else. But I just think that um, it didn't help that his teammates were hurt a lot in North Carolina. So I couldn't see his full, you know, I feel like with, with Cole, like I feel like the, the, you didn't get enough film on him, right or wrong. It's hard. It, it's hard. Not yeah. And even if you did, I mean, I watched about four or five games, like actual games of UNC. You know, I just wanted to scout a little bit and see what's up. You know, since they were going to play Duke, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding. But um, but now nah, you know, they, I wanted to watch Cole more so just because UNC pushes the ball, mm. and you know their whole thing is in terms of you know establishing that tempo. I wanted to see how how well he would fare with, you know, stopping on the dime and the pull-up jump shots, but also, you know, outlet passing, just throwing the ball wide and deep, you know, being able to do things like that. So uh, it was hard because a lot of his teammates that, you know, you would have thought would be able to put up better numbers were hurt. And then, you know, he ended up getting hurt. So it's it's tough. Like, no knock on Cole. Like, if the Knicks were to draft Cole, I wouldn't be upset at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see the athletic potential. 
I see the playmaking potential, although he didn't get to show it. However, if you wanted my honest opinion on three guys that I watched a lot Mm -hmm. and they were able to, you know, for the most part, finish the year besides Halliburton, uh, those three, Lamelo, uh, Hayes, and um, and, uh, Halliburton. So, you know, yeah. Um, does LaMelo's shooting concern you, especially being paired with RJ, who's, who's struggling at the moment? It, you know what it does, but he is such a great passer to the point where he's able to create more so in tight spaces than almost any other guard in the draft. Um, for a kid that's six, seven, his shot limits his shot sometimes makes him a little bit shorter because, you know, he loads up from like, you know, about where he would be like six, four ish instead of the whole six, seven, you know, mm-hmm. and then extending, but he's able to boogie and he can put the ball on the floor, but his vision is the thing that sets him apart. Crazy. He's, yeah, his vision is crazy. His vision is incredible. And he's been playing against grown men, you know, for the last four years, essentially. Um, and, you know, he's also learned the game. I tweeted about this yesterday that he got to see his brother go to, you know, arguably the, the greatest story franchise, but the second biggest market with expectations through the roof True. and, you know, be the toast of the town and learn how to maneuver that, but yeah. then also be the scapegoat and then also be traded and just, you know, you yeah. got to learn the game. Yeah. The ins and outs. I, so I think that hurt Lonzo. I think that part of what hurt Lonzo. Now you see him play better now. Oh yeah. You know, when you pair him up, with the, the, the pieces that, you know, he's used to run with and stuff like that, it makes everything easier for him. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, LaMelo's been groomed to be in this position, and I don't think New York is going to be uh, too much of a hassle for him. And um, Halliburton, look. Yeah, let's, 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 the, let's get into this. Because yeah, let's get into you know, this. A lot of these Knicks fans, they, they, yeah. they, want to, they want the flash. Like Jay from Florida, he's going to tell you. He wants the flash and everything, and he doesn't see that with Halliburton. I see a play that one can defend, has the length, has the three-point shot that, that can knock it down at the next level. And I think those yeah. things, he may not turn into a superstar, but I think he's certainly yeah. a player that you can plug in and help you win. And that's the – yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to hear your, your thoughts with that. Now, I mean, I, 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 if we're picking six to me, I, I don't want to go with like a, a, a role, another role play. I want to at least go with somebody who has the potential to uh, take over a game at some point. Like I know the fit will be the fit would be with RJ makes complete sense, but mm-hmm. taking over a game offensively to, to spell somebody else, I, I don't see that. No, I hear you, and it's hard. This draft is this draft isn't really great from. It's 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 kind of weak when you go to past the sixth pick per se. You're gonna get a lot of plug-in guys, but you're also gonna get a lot of diamond roughs, uh, which you know I'll get to later. But you know one of my like you know one of my biggest things with Halliburton is yes the length he's able to defend his shot is funky. Yes, trust me, it's. As a shooting coach, that's yeah, facts. As a, yeah, like as a shooting coach, do you try I'll, to I'll, fix it? Like you know, they they try to fix Lonzo's shot. Um, yeah. How, what would you do as as a shooting coach with Halliburton? The same thing that you know. It's, and here's Frank. You're gonna love me or hate me. Um, you know, Frank has a three part shot. 
he has, you know, sometimes he has a hitch, although it may not look it, but, you know, he does hold on to the ball to the apex of the jump. I get it. You know, mechanically, for the most part, it's good. His arms are so long that he does create a lot of wasted movement. Now, the same thing goes with Halliburton, where he's very compact, but then from the shot pocket to the eyebrow, um, it's, you know, it's one motion with them, the same thing. It's like a hold and hitch. So they're very similar players. The only thing is Halliburton is a tremendous – he doesn't get enough credit for his, his passing. There's, there's this crazy stat about him that the team shot 29% uh, – Iowa State shot 29% uh, from the field. We're talking overall in the Big 12. And meanwhile, he, he averaged almost seven assists per game. Now, I'm like, think about that. If you're talking about dudes that, you know, you're shooting less than 30% as a team um, from the perimeter, that the fact that this dude is able to get that, you know, those decent numbers and also the way that he gets them, you know, there's a few clips where he has teammates missing. And if, if fans out there are able to get on something called synergy, I highly suggest you do so because you're going to see a lot of passes that find his teammates either like, you know, not ready or like that they miss that shot where he makes this pass where you're like, yo, <laughs> how did you find this dude? Mm. So, you know, that's, that's something that I can't stress enough. But on the flip side, he's tremendous in terms of getting hockey assists, mm. you know, where it's leading that guy if it's a backdoor screen to have somebody in the dunker spot ready right. before a dunk. You know, having a dude with uh, like RJ next to him I think fans are really enamored with the fact that you're looking for dudes. And of course, this is the NBA now. We're looking for a bunch of, you know, three-point shooters. However, you're talking about a kid uh, in RJ who can not only drive, but also slash. And he can create all the slashing. So if you have Halliburton, who does a great job in reading angles, uh, is lefty, and is capable of getting a lot of those angles off of the passes for RJ, that is a lot of things that you could read with Mitch on the weak side, you know, a shooter, uh, excuse me, a shooter on the weak side, and then Mitch in a dunker spot or pick and roll. So that's the reason why I like Halliburton so much. And he's a tremendous, he's a great defender, great defender. And if you want to be, you know, quite frank, no pun intended, Halliburton leading into a guy like Frank off the bench, that's just a lot of length that you're going to see. But you also have RJ there too. That's my biggest takeaway. Hayes, you know, he's, He's one of those guys, he's intriguing, uh, 6'5 as well, lefty. You know, his shot's gotten way better. Um, but there's a lot of things that he does where, uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily making the play where it would be the smartest. And he does leave his feet a lot when he makes certain passes. And, you know, that's going to get kicked off in the NBA. But one of the, one of the big things I like about him is that, you know, he's, you know, he's young, um, very, very young. So you can groom him too. So, you know, those three are the, the guys that you got to focus on those three. If I'm the Knicks in terms of the point guard set, you know, situation uh, for the draft, at least. And, you know, who knows, you know, maybe the CP three thing happens and then you really have a guy that could be groomed yeah. or could play alongside him with Romello, right. <laughs> which would be awesome yeah. um, to, to make things even easier to alleviate that. So those are my three. And, I'd love to hear my man in Florida what he's got to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to I'm about to uh, work on getting him in. How, yeah. how about Kira Lewis? Any thoughts on Kira Lewis? Right, my mind. Yeah, he's yeah, he's <laughs> tough. He's he's like 
he's probably the fastest dude with the ball in his hands in the draft, you know, on the floor. You know, just man, that's a that's a one man fast break. He's a speed demon, man. Um, and he's a dog, you know, tough minded kid. You know, offensively, not as, you know, um, he could do great in terms of one, you know, one dribble pull ups and be able to make uh those little you know, pass the same thing, hockey assist, mm-hmm. um, not clearly the same vision as, you know, Halliburton and Ball, but, you know, he's got pretty good, you know, vision. However, his main thing is just, man, you want to talk about just, you don't need anybody for a fast break? Cool. <laughs> he's going <laughs> to, he's, he's going to beat everybody down the floor. Need, um, need that speed for sure. Need that speed for sure. You know, a lot of penetrating kick with that boy. Trust me. He's, he's good. Good stuff, man. We're talking to David Zidon, NBA skills trainer. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Salute to everybody in the chat. All right, let's hear from Jay. Jay from Florida. He's Jay. the an- he's the anti-Halliburton. The anti-Burton. He, he, he calls us every show just to get that point across, even when we're not talking about Halliburton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, hold on. Let me let me patch him in real quick, and uh, should be good to go. Jay, you good to go, man? What's going on? Be easy, Jay. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. <laughs> come on, <bro. laughs> So I sat down. I said, I'm going to look at the highlights today, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't want to judge you no more. So I said, I'm going to watch the highlights today, bro. Dave, how are you going to say you want to have him and you dislike Frank? So you want I, a hell of a I don't dislike Frank. Frank. Yeah, but Jay, he told you, he told you, he, he doesn't necessarily dislike Frank. He just pointed out Frank's flaws. Yeah, bro, he looks like he looks goofy like Reggie Miller. You don't see he's a, he's like a skinny Reggie Miller with a Rick Barry set shot. <laughs> and you mentioned two great players, but okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just mentioned two two of the best players to play the game. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. If, he, if he's the next Reggie, hey, bring him okay. on. You know? Bro, I don't see it, man. I'm, I'm, maybe this kid might be mad constantly. He might be close to an open court. I just don't see He can't shoot a set shot in 2020, bro. It's not going to work. He can't shoot off the dribble. He can't. He'll have no range game. Weezy, bro. I'm going to say, I was like, maybe, maybe he might be better off the court. I hear you. I hear you 100%. Yeah, nobody's going to get away with a, you know, a set shot, push shot, I guess, you, whatever you called it in the NBA. The reason why I say that he's a really good fit, yes, he actually shot really well from three at Iowa State. And I know the NBA line is different from the collegiate line, but, you know, hey, listen, man, if you watch Synergy, and I don't like talking about players unless I've seen them in person. That's a big thing of mine. Like, I don't like really diving into something unless, like, I've seen these dudes in person. And majority of the guys that I've mentioned, um, I've seen them all play, except for LaMelo. LaMelo, I only saw in person for a workout. Um, But Halliburton in person is quicker than he looks. I get it. Guys are looking for him to be more explosive and the whole set shot thing. But if you're going to be honest, the way the league works with penetrate and kick, he can get away with that shot with relocation, you know, off ball screens, things like that. And if you're able to create, you know, a guy, if you're able to have a guy that could create more uh, scoring opportunities for your wings and slashers and RJ Dotson, um, you know, Knox, 
I mean, hell, even, I mean, you're talking about length with Frank. One other guy, if you have another guy that's able to see the floor in that height with that length, why not? You know, I think it would just be easy. And yes, is he going to be an all-star? No, but he's going to be the guy that will put everybody in the right position in order to score. And Flash is overrated. I mean, if you're going to be honest, if we're going to be brutally honest, Luca's not flashy. Yes, he gets away with the setbacks and he has certain spots. But the first thing everybody was talking about when he was getting into the league is, well, this kid from Slovenia is not athletic. He's going to yeah. have a really hard time. True. And guess what? Boy was cooking. True. And listen, Luca does have a set shot too. I've yet to see him hit a one, uh, one dribble, two dribble pull up. Never, you know, throughout the majority of the time he's been in Dallas so far, a majority of his shots that come from the perimeter, it's all rip throughs, you know, pump fakes or that step back. So, you know, I, I seen it. I, I like Halliburton and I see where you're coming from, bro. You know, flash does sell, but them assists win. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, that's, hey, that's where I'm going to go. With that. Coach, I, I know, I know, you know what you're doing. But I want Cole Anthony. I want a chucker. I want innocent. <laughs> I want Duncan. I want two for twenty-eight from the field. I just want excitement. I don't want. I want two for twenty-eight. Yeah, that's what he Kill said, him. David. Kill he him. said he wants a chucker. He wants to be entertained. He said, "Give me Cole Anthony here at all costs." Oh, oh man! <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you. <laughs> I'm willing to trade every pick for the next five years for Lamelo, bro. Uh, hey man, I got some old J.R. Smith tapes for you, man. Yeah, I got you. We 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 need a point guard now, man. Shout we need a point guard, man. Yeah, man. Not I like J.R. We, we need a point guard, man. <laughs> and like you know, listen, I I I hear what Jay's saying, but at the same time, give me a guy. Number one, my my priorities for sure with this team is for sure three point shooting. Absolutely. Um, we need a guy that's going to get the offense in order, get the team in order for sure from a point guard perspective. But I also think we need to raise the overall, I hate using the word IQ, but we need to raise the awareness yeah. of mm. this team, man, because it is just too much boneheaded plays going on with this team. And so if Halliburton could come in and, and check those boxes, he may not be a superstar, but he could just be another piece that could help us win games. Sure. For sure. I think you just need you need a plug-in piece for now. And as I said, let's say we do end up getting, you know, this trade does occur and we do get a CP3. That's that's a kid that's going to be groomed by that point guard. And you wouldn't necessarily have to worry about the acumen of the team at that point because that's one of the most cerebral players you have coming in. Now, let's say we're devoid of CP3 altogether and we just need a one kid that's going to yeah. be smart in order, and able to run something. I, I honestly, I just that twenty nine percent from the field, where his teammates shot that poorly, but he was able to get that many assists. And also, the Big Twelve, and fans should also look at this too. Big Twelve is not necessarily an offensive, you know, juggernaut of a of a conference. You're, you're talking about teams like Baylor in there. Kansas and mm. Kansas State like this is not it's no joke these are real dogs that are going to strap up so if you're able to create for yourself and also create for others to the to the tune of uh you know I think he had 15 and 7 come on you know Facts. so mm. yeah I, I I like that kid a lot Factuals. JLs you want to get in here uh I think now you covered you covered everything I think I want that you that we uh 
All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he would be the he would be the great a great person. That would be one person I would like to work with them. You know, if the Knicks were to get him, you know, Knox. Yeah, Halliburton Knox. You know, Frank. It, I've seen so much of all three of them that it's like, you know, the rundown. The, the irony is, is that when you look at their games, they're they're all long players. You know, that's what everybody's looking for today's NBA and length. Mm-hmm. Now it's just what's going on between those ears mm-hmm. and to figure out, you know, how to fix the muscle memory in terms of your shot. But Kevin's been working out pretty hard throughout the year. I mean, throughout this uh, this quarantine. So, yeah, you know, to, to I think the youth movement that we have, you know, it's pretty good. But. Yeah, there's several, you know, there's several things I'll fix with all three of their shots. No doubt, man. Um, let's go out west. Let's go to Arizona. Dave from Arizona, you up next, man. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you feeling, bro? Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? Good, man. Hey, um, I like your guest, uh, Dave. Dave, I like your your basketball mind. Thanks. I, Thank you, man. Even hey. I, I want to ask, man, um, if you had an opportunity to choose, well, I'm, I'm going to come at it from a different angle. If we had to, I think the Knicks should uh, should draft, should try to do whatever they got to do to get Obi Toppin in there. Mm. And, of course, since we are already looking at Chris Paul, mm-hmm. you'll be halfway there. Oh, I mean, uh, so my, I guess my question out of this is, if you ended up with Chris Paul, Obi Toppin, to go along with Mitch Robinson, would you trade R.J. Barrett for somebody like Zach Levine to jump no. this thing? No. And maybe maybe yeah. you might end up – it might be a far stretch, but you might end up with Gordon Haywood or something. Yeah, I, you know, yeah listen, those, those guys like are – Yeah, you know, those guys are all, you know, good players and all. Um, but we would finally have the opportunity to grow homegrown talent together. Yeah. And the knock on Obi, yes, he's 22 years old. Um, I know Obi personally. He's from Westchester, uh, like me. Um, you know, I met him playing pickup uh, two years ago, before you know he blew up, and like we we made we remained in contact ever since. And just talking about his development with him uh, when we were at the Nike Academy, you could tell this dude. He is literally he is built just like Amar Sadamai. Mm-hmm. It's not even it's 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 scary how how similar he is to him. The reason why I wouldn't do the trade with RJ and to pay, to put him next to an Obi is just because with Obi, you have uh, an elite rim runner. And what I mean by that is, you know, a guy that's going to get out in front of, uh, in front of everybody in transition, as you saw what he did in date, and, you know, he would bring excitement to the garden, finishing with those type of dunks. Sure. But more importantly, he would be able to open up the floor once those shooters and or slashers, you know, RJ, if he's trailing or, um, or, you know, whatever point guard we may have, you know, those opportunities are going to open up. But Obi's also great at passing out of nice. the double team, yeah, and he's practice. shown a great ability to hit that, you know, mid-range to three-point shot, which is going to open up the floor for Mitch. But you're going to need a dude who's great at slashing in order to sell it for Mitch to hit that pick and roll and to RJ. So, yeah, I couldn't – would it be cool to have a Gordon Hayward? Yeah, but <laughs> – you know, you're also talking about a player that's, you know, what, 10 years older? Yeah, um, I'm not going for Zach and, Levine, yeah. And, uh, and Zach Levine, I think, is Zach Levine set right now with, with Chicago, but he would be more he would be more of a dude that comes in a, 
in a package kind of thing. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anybody we have that's going to be straight up for Zach. Yeah. And um, he's a terrific player. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, 19 years old, you know, 23, 24 years old, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of different. Um, so, yeah, man, nah, it, I, I see where you're coming from. It'll be a dope squad, but um, for personal reasons <laughs> and also just to see the team, I want to see RJ stay here. Uh, I guess, you know what, I guess that does open up a question for me because this has been like a little power forward. They say the Knicks go a power forward direction and you have Obi Toppin and then you have uh, someone like Denny who's been uh, lining up over there overseas. Like, who would you feel like you would go with out of those two guys? I mean, I would and and I, and I want to get to the Denny. I got the Denny shooting video. I want to get to that in a second, but get in the answer. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my bad, my bad. I mean, no, no, okay. go ahead, go ahead. Since, since you okay. asked, go ahead. David, good. Which David? <laughs> David's Me? Da- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I would. I mean, I would go with uh, man. I, I. I mean, Obi's my choice. Uh, at the end of the day, Denny's done a lot in terms of fixing his shot. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna fall in love with, or you know, I want to see him shoot that confidently in a game. I want to see him consistently shoot like that in a game. You know, there's a little bit of things that he's done uh, that show me defensively. There are some questions I have about him. Uh, Obi, too, though, you know, just listen. You know, there are things that Obi's going to have to learn in the league where, you know, there's a lots of things with hedging, you know, icing, but also just let's be real. You know, when they start picking and you know, picking, rolling and picking and popping, you're going to have to, you know, be able to stay with the guard for, you know, three to four dribbles and then relocate and, or just stay in front of him. And that's something that Obi has shown time to time to have trouble with, but he's so athletic and the floor is so spaced out that I think it might be able to help him more than hurt him. Denny, I kind of saw the opposite. I haven't seen a lot in terms of him just being a straight up strap of, you know, stay in front of his guy kind of thing. Um, he's shown, I've seen some highlights of him, of weak side help, you know, some blocks here and there. Mm. Um, but he's also, He's just a guy that with the defensive mindset of the team, we also don't know what coach we have coming in. Mm. Uh, but if Thibodeau's here, no. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I would like to see uh, Denny uh, be, be in a Knicks uniform in that situation. So so you think with Obi, depending on scheme and, and just getting more experience in the league, you think he, he can be at least average he's, defensively. No, he, he's great. I mean, he could be great defensively. Just, you know, I don't know the type of, you know, college it's hard because a lot of the times in college you run a zone, mm-hmm. you know, you could also do stuff where you full court press, you know, there's a lot of the, a lot of those factors fall into place and in how a team is going to get back, you know, defensive transition, you know, Dayton was great at it. Um, but you're great at it because you also have a big who can run like a gazelle. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm, right. it's, it's, it's great for, you know, both sets, I guess, of the argument. But OB is going to be in a situation where he's just going to have to just straight up, you know, just use his athleticism and there's no zone and he doesn't have to worry about sitting too long. And, you know, I think I think it'll be I think it'll actually be better for him. But Denny, I didn't see it. And mm. these are dudes. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's not going to be. Uh, the same type of athleticism on both sides, whether it's college or overseas. But I just the eye test, I'm taking Obi. 
Now, mm-hmm. er, er, earlier this week, um, Denny Abdia, he released uh, some some video of, of him shooting. And that's certainly one of the big question marks in terms of, you know, can he knock that down because the shooting numbers were kind of uh, erratic this this season. What what did you look at as, as someone who coaches and, and teaches shooting? What did you look at in terms of Denny's form and, and his mechanics? His, man. So there was the clip that he put out this past week. The first half of the clip was him on the move, uh, going to the slot and then elbow or wing extended, Mm -hmm. excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, feet were very close, but when he caught the ball, he, he dipped it quite a bit, not quite a bit, but he kind of just did this motion where he kind of put the ball down to kind of locate whether it was the rim or just kind of grab the ball and feel a shot, whatever. The reason why that kind of, uh, I didn't like it too much is just because, you know, his feet were super close together, which was an issue with the video that he had last week. Um, I wouldn't say more so an issue, but something that caught my eye. And the reason why I say that is when your feet are so close together and you're not necessarily in an athletic stance, especially in the slot, when you have a lot of skip passes and teams that are able to make that pass uh, per se, when you're able to have a wider base, you can elevate quicker, but also you're, you are way more athletic. You can beat your man off the dribble, especially if you need to use your weak hand. Mm. The reason why I bring that up is if you watch a lot of tapes on Denny, he does his patented, uh, you know, escape move is a DHO, dribble handoff. You know, he'll go with his right. He doesn't, he doesn't use his left at all, mm. uh, you know, if rarely he does. Uh, he could use his left sometimes to finish to the basket. That I give him credit for and passing. But in order to create the shot, he doesn't necessarily do that. Mm-hmm. If he gets in trouble, you know, he controls the ball one hand and then has two, does the, the dribble handoff, and then they, you know, start everything all over again. Or he'll just, you know, go from that pinch post area and go to work when the, the point guard gives him the ball again. That's something where you're not going to get away with that in the NBA. Um, you know, that's, that's just not going to happen. Teams are going to be able to blow up those screens quite a bit. And or, or blow up those plays quite a bit, whether it's screens or DHOs. So that's something that I wasn't really thrilled about. Then the second half of the video where he's just catch and shoot, he has a great base, great feet, all 10 toes facing the rim. Uh, you know, knees are bent, no wasted movement. But that just goes to show me that he feels comfortable, you know, more with his right. And even though the ball is going to his left hand and it's resting in his uh, guide hand, everybody that's a right-handed shooter knows this, that the majority of the time where you're going to set up that little hezzy, the ball goes to your left. Mm. And you're going to be more comfortable doing that. There's less wasted movement. The, the form looked pretty, don't get me wrong. Guide hand was straight. Everything was nice and tall and high. Uh, but I need that from both sides of the floor. And if you're going to be in this situation where there's a skip pass uh, in the slot and a team wants to run you off the three-point line, you're going to have to be able to use both hands there and knock down that shot. So uh, I don't fall in love with just regular, you know, uh, workout, you know, shooting videos. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would love to see that in a game, game whether speed. even if it's a controlled environment and things are, you know, really intense and you're taking away someone's, you know, opportunity to create. Um, that's something that's really important. And uh, not to go back to him, but that's something that Serge worked on too with us of, you know, Hugo and I prior to this past, uh, prior to the season that they won the championship. I was like, I'm going to be, I'm 6'3", almost 6'4", 250. So I'm going to be Draymond Green. Uh, 
and that was the guy that was primarily a pain in the butt for Serge uh, on the defensive end for the finals. But you got to be uncomfortable. You got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So, Denny, I'd like to see a little bit more uh, videos of that and not just highlights. I don't like highlights. I want to mm -hmm. see more misses than makes and to see how you miss that shot. Mm. Uh, other side, uh, Obi, his shot, you know, he gets the same base, same thing every time. So, the Denny video, I, I think fans, yes. Uh, if you're looking for a catch and shoot player that could, you know, flourish on whether it's like the hawks or the bucks you know like a, not that he's going to fall to the bucks but you know what i'm saying like a team that is able to more you know spread the floor out that's going to be your guy um but in terms of a team like you know the knicks that don't necessarily have the ability to you know have other shooters to help spread the floor out for him yet he doesn't shoot well from the free throw line and you're asking for a guy that you know doesn't finish around the rim either so great overall playmaker, great IQ, nothing wrong with that. He's going to be a great plug-in player, but I don't think, I don't see superstar with yeah. him. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we're talking to David Zena, NBA skills trainer. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, we're going to segue to, to the best shooters in the draft, but real quick, I want to acknowledge um, some super chats that came in and, and get to a phone call. Uh, I want to shout out Prince Andy Isaac in the chat, sends us a super chat. He says, um... What do you think about Killian Hayes and who's your pro past or present comparison for Hayes, Halliburton, and Bull? Mm. Two two sides. That's, that's a great <laughs> Yeah, that's a great two for one. Yeah. Comps. Oh man. Comps. Comps are tough. Man. Well Lamello, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Lamello uh, I man. I haven't seen a kid I haven't seen a player like him because there's not a lot of players in the game that really move like him. Mm. <laughs> um, the reason it, it, it's, man, his vision's crazy. I, you know, the irony is he's more like his brother. Mm. <laughs> I, I just, I just gotta be honest with you. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, I'm either in kinesiology, you know, sport movement, uh, -huh. I mean, excuse me, human movement. And, you know, uh, I think, Everyone makes, you know, fun of his shot or his gait, the way that, you know, he runs and walks and whatnot. So it's hard for me to pinpoint a player that's like him uh, because that's one of the first things I look for in terms of how they move on the floor, uh, their feet, uh, how they move their hips, things like that. LaMelo hasn't checked the box for another player that's necessarily comparable uh, for him. So I would say his brother is the closest comparison off of a passing standpoint, uh, his vision is like J kid ish. It's vision sick. He's sick. Yeah. It's sick. Mm -hmm. His vision's sick. Um, so that would be, you know, I would say that hybrid of like a J kid Lonzo ball, uh, you know, and Lonzo was compared to J kid coming out too. the irony. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, he said, Hayes and Hayes Lonzo, and Halliburton. Yeah. Hayes and, uh, Halliburton is Halliburton is like a, a Swiss Army knife kind of guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's going to play great defense. He's going to be able to facilitate. Uh, he's also a pretty good rebounder too. So you know, he's not. A, I know this guy's not a point guard, but he kind of has his hand in everything. Um, kind of does the dirty work, but then also is able to knock down an open shot. But like 
he's a point guard version of a, a Malcolm Brogdon, if that makes sense. Yeah, like kind of like that. this one dude that's able to just, you know, you need an assist here, you want to steal there, you need this, like, and it kind of just, you know, ants, ant hills turn into mountains. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he's that kind of guy uh, for me. And um, Hayes, you know, I don't really have the, I, I don't have the comparison for him yet. Uh, I will tweet that to you. So you know, make sure that dude sends his twit, uh, his handle. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely yeah. retweet and and, and get yeah, that for out sure. there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't have a I don't have a necessary NBA comparison for him because, you know, as I said, I like to really dive into players that uh, I've seen in person. Um, Hayes is one of those guys that I was not able to see in person. Um, Denny's another one. Those are the only two. Uh, that I haven't. So I'm just going to say, you know, strong body lefty, you know, I, I, I just need to see a little bit more for his consistency on the outside jumper. Cause mm-hmm. I don't see that yet. All right. Um, next question. We got Nick central. Skrilly says any thoughts on trading down and up um, and grabbing Sadiq Bay and then Carol Lewis jr. With 11 and 12. Mm. So going into the shooting, what, what's your thoughts on on uh, Sadiq Bay at at Nova? Oh yeah, that's that's that boy is tough. Um, I tweeted about him last year when he was kind of finding his role with Villanova, but then it turned into him being, you know, this bucket getter for for Villanova. He's he's a tough kid. He's got a great physique, great body. Um, you know, six seven, six eight range. Um, I, I, the thing I like about him is not only can he hit the open shot, but he could hit that. You know, you give the ball to him with six seconds left on the shot clock, and he's able to you know cre- initiate that contact, but then also rise up over his defender. He's from Villanova, so you know that he's going to be fundamentally sound and capable of running an offense to its completion. All these Villanova guys that come out of there, I mean, you're, you're looking at, you know, the Josh Hart to the world and Eric Pascals, you know, those guys, like Mikel Bridges, those guys are just really good, solid cerebral players that are also athletic. So Sadiq is athletic and he's tough. So that's a kid that I necessarily wouldn't trade up for him if he's lucky enough to be at the end of, uh, uh, excuse me, in the beginning of the second, uh, maybe uh, if we have that, you know, uh, we have the 27th pick or whatever. Yeah, we have 27 and we have 38. But it looks like, yep. Bay, from okay. what I'm seeing in the mocks, looks like he's going to be in the teens, like, you know, yeah, lottery. He's, he's been able to skyrocket. Lottery. Yeah. He's been able to skyrocket. It was funny. Him and Tyler Bay were, like, neck and neck mm-hmm. in terms of falling in the second round. And then now Sadiq's been able to kind of skyrocket. If Sadiq is lucky enough to be there by the 27th pick, yes. That's a guy that I like. Um, the dude... The dude that I feel would also be a steal for us at that 27th pick, if we could talk about it too, mm-hmm. uh, Devin Vassell from Florida State. Yeah. Uh, Devin Vassell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, 41% from three-point land. He's 6'6". Um, he was overall like 49% from the floor. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. That's a that's a pure that's a that's a great shooter. <laughs> it's a pure <laughs> shooter, mm-hmm. and he was able to average you know 12 points per game with two other guys that are most likely going to go in the first round too. Um, so it's a very interesting dynamic that they had at Florida State, very talented group. Uh, but the, in terms of the shooters uh, that are left 
in the first round. Those are yeah. two dudes, Sadiq Bay and uh, Devin, that I would really look at. For sure. Uh, how about uh, how about Jalen Smith? He, he's a guy that kind of he reminds you of like a surge prototype. He, he could be around twenty seven ish. What do you think? What do you think about uh, Jalen Smith? Yeah, I was high on the Jalen Smith train. I still am very high on the Jalen Smith train, but I'm not going to get my hopes up by because of the fact that what I'm hearing from my people in the league, oh boy. he's not going to make it. Oh, boy. Uh, he's, know, he's moving up. He's moving up the charts. Oh, I'm sick. Uh, <laughs> moving up the charts. Right now, Tankathon's got him at 23 with the Miami Heat. JLS. Riley Riley wins again. (laughs) Don't tell me that, man. Don't tell me that. Oh Lord. Ninja peas, the peas. I should have hey listen, listen. I I, should have I should have shut up a while ago. I shouldn't even say anything about him. (laughs) He um Jalen Smith, man. He's the dude that gives me the biggest vibes of he could be a like he's gonna be a stud. And you know, my uh, my quote unquote claim to fame is the the fact that, you know, Donovan Mitchell before he came into the draft and Mitchell Robinson, respectively, you know, I was talking to Ian Begley and a few other dudes from ESPN. And I was like, these dudes got to come here. These guys got to come here. They're going to be stars. And uh, no joke, I had some dude from the post legit laugh at me at Barclays and was like, Donovan Mitchell? That dude's not. No, come on. He, he barely did anything at, uh, for Louisville. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, dude. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jalen Smith is the dude that is giving me those vibes. I just see a guy who's active. six. He's pushing 6'11 now. I saw him in person. He listed as 225. I don't believe that. He's, I mean, he's a lean 225, so... But his physique, great shoulders. He's added a lot of weight since he's gotten to Maryland. Uh, but he's active, man. I think he, I think he, he, he had about close to 11 rebounds per game, 15 points, 11 rebounds. You know, shot like, I think some, it's like some number like 53% from the field. And his free throws are what impressed me. Is he, he, he shot about 75 or 76% from the free throw line for a big. Who also could shoot threes? He, mm-hmm. you know, you know, thirty-eight percent from three. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about an active dude who blocks shots, runs the floor. He's an elite rim runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're looking at an easy eight to twelve points per game just off of his rim running alone, mm-hmm. and that's a very, very, very underrated thing in basketball. I think not a not a lot is talked about in terms of how to be an elite rim runner, but him matched up next to Mitch would be like, you know, a defensive maven. Just, you know, uh, he's not a – I wouldn't – he's he's going to be a great – he could be a great four. His ability to stretch the floor, shoot, he could put the ball on the floor. You know, he does a lot of things uh, where he's able to take that one dribble. I'm talking about from pinch post to the front of the rim, one dribble, you know, drop step, bang it. So – that's the dude I like. I hope, <laughs> I hope he falls, man. I hope, I know he he's, 
man, he's going to be special, man. So I hope he falls to us, hopefully. It seems um, like a lot of these intriguing prospects are either a little bit higher than we're going to pick JL. So yeah, he, a little bit. You know he's just a little bit out of reach. But, hey, I you mean, know, we, we got some picks to play with. Hopefully, uh, you know, Leon and, and uh, Walt and, and Ninja P see some value in these guys. Yeah, we, and might have to take a chance. Walt, Walt's going Walt's gonna to find Walt's gonna find some people. I, I was... Except yeah, what's your experience? What's your experience? I, I know you were happy with the with the Walt Parent hire. What, what was your experience yeah. with him? Well, my first, you know, when I first started co- my coaching career, just in general, back in 2012, I was coaching at White Plains High School, and the head coach there is Spencer Mayfield. You know, shout out to my man Spencer Mayfield, uh, who is a huge, you know, mentor friend of mine. But he was an advanced scout for the Jazz. Um, he's been there you know, throughout the time that Walter's been there. So, you know, just seeing, uh, just doing my research and the guys that work around or worked around the jazz, you know, I, I'm, uh, followed up with Walter, you know, a while ago via LinkedIn and just, you know, just casual conversation. So, but also seeing his, his you know, his resume is really good <laughs> in terms of finding guys that a lot of people would, you know, overlook or, you know, the hype necessarily isn't as strong as people would say. Perfect. That's the guy we got to get. Found Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Found, I mean, listen, you know, if you're going to be brutally honest, you know, he, he's got, he drafted Hayward, you know, had Darren Williams, was instrumental in getting, you know, a Millsap, Millsap was a late pick. Millsap, Millsap was a late pick. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're talking, you know, he didn't draft Boozer, but he was, uh, you know, I heard that he was instrumental in lining up to get him and free agency and stuff. And that turned out to be a good thing for them. So, you know, um, Gobert, you know, there, there's just, there's a pretty good list that he has. And a majority of those dudes have either been traded or left Utah, which makes you wonder, like, if they all stay together, how dangerous would that team have been? Yeah. So, you know, it, he's he's got a great eye for, for the game. You know, Jim Zanin's another dude that, um, you know, roundabout way, he the first pick that he made in Brooklyn with uh, Billy King was our, or the first draft, excuse me, was uh, Mason Plumley. <laughs> so, mm. so you know, of course, I did my homework with that, you yeah. know, just to see, you know, Jim coming in there and like, you know, his work in basketball acumen with OKC. It's 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 a really good front office that they get the players, if that makes sense. Yeah, like they're able to. You know, you're able to build that relationship and have that bridge to the players, but they all, all of them specialize or, you know, have an eye for player development. So, mm. you know, Leon, man, I, I mean, yeah, and you, you guys saw my tweets when we first hired Leon. I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be good. Uh, I like, I like how they lined up or, or how they lined him up with uh, certain people that are going to lead the way mm-hmm. in terms of finding the right pieces to get, to get them the vets in the front office for sure. Yeah. Get the vets in the front office, man. Yeah. And for for Walt to leave Utah to go to New York, you know, I, I was talking about that too. I was like, I don't know what they did, facts, <laughs> but I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> so good, good I'm, stuff. I'm with Absolutely. And we're talking to David Zena, an NBA skills trainer. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, we're talking Knicks draft, all things Knicks. We're, we're going to segue to the coaches in a bit. We're, we're going to get to the calls first. If you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new. 
And uh, also 30 cities in the chat, man. Let us know where you guys are checking in from. Happy Friday evening Dope. to Knicks Nation, wherever you guys are, are tuning in from. David, you got a lot of people uh, uh, campaigning for a job for you at, at MSG, yeah. man. So uh, appreciate all the insight so far, man. Hey, Definitely good that's stuff. That's love, man. That, that's a dream. Hey, man, that's love, man. That's a, as I said, <laughs> if that's that's an opportunity available, yeah. I'm, I'm fully on board, man. It's, this good, is, it's good stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank man. you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for, for, you know, tell, tell Leon that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the chat is like the yeah. Apollo, man, the chat, man, if they, if they like you, they'll let you know, man. But if they're not feeling you, man, they, they get yeah. a little rambunctious in the chat. A little bit. Sometimes we got to calm down. We got to call off the dogs a little uh-huh. bit sometimes, man. So you're doing a good hey, job. Listen, I love Frank. I love the Knicks. <laughs> Let's make this work. <laughs> he he played the fence on Frank JLs. You know what I mean? So the Frank Hive ain't too tight, and the Frank Hate is ain't too tight either. You know what I mean? He called love it y'all. down love, the middle. Love, love y'all, man. He called love it down y'all. the middle, man. All right, let, let's go to BK Prince. You up next, man? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Um, so I had I had to ask uh, earlier about the the. the Ball and Halliburton and, and Hayes and your okay. comparisons, but y'all already answered that. So I'm trying to find out, like, is there uh, besides um, Jalen Smith, is there any other sleepers that you think uh, are in this draft, either late, you know, some even some like Malcolm Brogdon type that'll come out second round and be top billing for like rookie of the year when they come in, guys like that that you think we could probably sneak in that second pick or even drafting that second round that it might slip away. Yeah, um, I like Isaac Okoro from Auburn. You're not that he's a sleeper, but he's one of those dudes that, you know, he's either going to go in the top eight or he is end of the lottery. But to, to, to your point in terms of the 27th pick, you know, I don't see him, you know, I don't see him going in the first round, which actually might be, which actually might be a blessing, but Man, I would like to see, now that we, we're talking about bigs, though, you know, Vernon Carey is one of those dudes that I would like to see, you know, kind of kind of fall to us. Not just the whole Duke connection, but just he's a big body. I mean, we're talking 270, a lefty, could finish around the rim. Smart player, tough-minded player. His dad played, uh, you know, collegiate football, won a national championship, you know, all that stuff. So. Um, you know, he's one of those guys. And then Elijah Hughes from Syracuse, mm. 6'6", 215, can score on all three levels. He's not considered as a first-round pick. It's a, it's a, it's a reach to, to take him for the 27th pick, which I, I necessarily wouldn't do. But if we have the 38th, that's well within the range of getting a guy like Elijah. You know, he led the ACC in scoring. As I said... 6'6", six, six, you know, 215, strong body, strong, strong-minded kid. Another young man that I've known since he was, man, I, I've known Elijah since he was like ninth grade, bro. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, 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 he's a kid that I definitely, I endorse, like, that he could play in this league and not just, like, be decent. Like, he's one of those guys, you know, uh, that's, that's scrappy, that's going to play the right way, uh, smart, athletic, you know, super athletic. Um, he, another guy, uh, Jordan Duara from Louisville. Yeah. And, and the Knicks actually, uh, it was announced they interviewed him. They, they had a virtual interview with Jordan Duara. Hey, hey that, that's um, great. So that's great. It seems like they're interested. 
straight. That's great. You know, he's, you know, he's a guy that he's going to go, he's first round, he's late first round in my book, but he's one of those dudes, 27th pick, you know, if, if uh, Devin is gone, Jalen's gone, you know, Jordan, Jordan would be a really good look for us. You know, mm. he, that kid can shoot and he's tough, played on a Nigerian national team. So, you know, those guys for what we need uh, in terms of filling in uh, that wing position that could shoot, those are the guys that I would really look for, uh, it, for, for, you know, the sleepers yeah. in the first round. Uh, you know, th- th- there's a few different dudes, uh, you know, overseas players that, you know, that, that can come into mind. However, nowadays you're looking for those bigs that can stretch the floor. They'll probably be gone too. So mm. to answer your question, bro, uh, Jordan Noir will be that guy that, you know, if those other players aren't available, 27th pick, he's still there. I'm definitely taking him. And then sleeper in the second round, Elijah Hughes. Elijah Hughes. How about um, uh, Duke guy, Cassius Stanley? What do, you, what do you think about Cassius? I like Cassius. I just, um, you know, size-wise, he's, you know, he's going to be leaning more towards the point guard side of things. He could play, he could play the two. Um, he's got to put on a little bit more on his frame. Uh, he's also a year older than the typical freshman. Um, he could shoot, you know, he could, you know, he could hit shots in the perimeter. He's athletic. Uh, it, it would just be interesting to see what they would fill in with the rest of the guard positions earlier in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they did and we did need a guy that was kind of like off the bench, super electricity, you know, super defender, you know, active plays the passing lane. I wouldn't be mad if they, they picked them up too. Um, but I think he would be a better fit for teams that are more patented in uh, in, in terms of, uh, I guess, getting more mid-range shots, yeah. you know? So, yeah, that will be a guy that I think that, you know, would, would flourish well in the league by the spacing of the floor. Uh, excuse me, another guy. Um, I like uh, Cassius Winston. Michigan State. As a, as, a, as a sneaky steal, but Peyton Pritchard from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Miles, um, wow, I can't believe I forgot his last name. Miles um, from Seton Hall. Um, goodness gracious, the point guard. <laughs> um, he's he's a scorer. I, I think he's player of the year. I can't believe I forgot his name. Anyway, um, those guys are going to be in the second round. Um, I don't know how or why, but you know, listen, Miles they're Paul. all three. Miles Powell, thank you. Yes. Why did I forget his name? I have no idea. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, Miles Powell, you know, great, great talent, great scorer. Um, but you know, from all people that I've talked to throughout the league, you know, executives and, and scouts, they're all projecting him to go in the second round. So, you know, hey, if if he or uh, Pritchard are there in the second round, you know, Hughes is gone. That's that's another guy that I wouldn't mind seeing. Don't. Dope, dope. And we're talking to uh, David Zidon, NBA skills trainer. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, yep. Definitely want to shout out some people in the chat. Salute to uh, my guy Cedro Cross in the building, uh, manager for Serato, sneaker customizer. Um, salute my to, man. Yeah, my, my guy Cedro in the building. Salute to Cedro. Uh, right. Salute to everybody out in um, Jamaica, Queens, MIG. What's going on, Kaiser Sose? Mm-hmm. How you feeling? Everybody out in Pennsylvania, Mangu, Man. Pranav, how you feeling? All the mods, appreciate it. Uh, up north, Canada, we got my guy Ayla up there, up in Canada. We got Joseph Brent checking in from Magnolia, Delaware. Shout out Joseph Brent. Edward Stolen checking in from Fort Lauderdale. And Ernesto checking in from Miami. 
So salute to everybody out there, man. J JL, so you want to shout out? Yeah, shout out to everybody in my chat as well, DS. Uh, uh, DJ's man, shout out to you. DJ's uh, man, Hampton in the building. Shout out 757, of course. Always shout out to my guy, Fritz. Shout out to Craig, always. Shout out to, to uh, Alex, as always, as well. Um, woo Okay, all right. Chris Marshall, shout out to you. Loki B. King, also shout out to you. Uh, also, um, Sherwin M., John Talento, everybody shout out to those guys. Also, I got a question somebody wants to ask about Malachi. <laughs> Malachi Flynn. Yes, Malachi Flynn. They want to know your, your opinion on Malachi Flynn. I haven't watched enough on him, to be honest with you. Uh, haven't, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I did now that I answered that question. Uh, you asked that question, but no, I haven't watched enough to really talk about him. I, I, I'm focused on really breaking down this first pick. <laughs> I, I, you know, no offense to any of the other dudes or majority of the other dudes in the draft that, you know, you may bring up, which, which as, as I said earlier, listen, man, you know, tweet me, whatever dude you might think or, you know, uh, come to mind that I would like to break down their film, you know, do so. Send it to me at my Twitter. Um, but this first pick, man, you know, it's I've great. been – it's critical. So I've been focused more so on, you know, those the first and the second, you know, picks that we have in the first round mm -hmm. and breaking down guys that are going to fit RJ and Mitch. Um, yeah. So Absolutely. Uh, I'll give you an answer to Malachi at the end of the weekend. Yeah. I got you, bro. I mean, listen, this draft is looking like it's not coming until, you know, maybe September time anyway. So we got time. We got time. Okay. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you know, David will join us uh, on another show once we get down to it. Once we actually know what pick we have, uh, yeah. then we can really oh, start, yeah, start to strategize. Yeah, so. Um, sure. Good for stuff. Sure. All right, so we're going to take two calls, and then we're going to um, get your thoughts on coaching and then wrap up. So salute to everybody once again. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. All right, Kenny, Kenny, you're up next, man. What's going on? Yep. Kenny going once. Hello. Yo, Kenny, what's up, man? Yep, loud and clear. Go ahead. Hey, guys. This is a great show tonight. Thank you. Thank Listen, you. as opposed to going for the point guard, one of our biggest problems has been shooting. And you throw the ball out to the guy in the corner, it's a, it's a dead soldier. <laughs> How about Aaron Naismith with our first pick? David, what do you um, think about it? I mean, is 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 you know one through six too high for Naismith? Yeah, my I don't know about that. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, we're I would hope that we end up with the top three pick. Um, I feel you with the whole shooting thing. I really do. Um, but I feel like shooting could come at a premium later on in the draft. The the biggest takeaway I get is, you know, yes, it depends on what pick we have in the draft or what pick the Knicks have, I should say, in the draft. And they do need a shooter, uh, which is why I brought up, you know, the Jordan Noirs of the world, Devin's, uh, Elijah Hughes, uh, Sadiq Bays, you know, those guys. Yes, but uh, Naismith, great, great pick. If we could get him, like I'm saying, like we had worst case scenario in like the end of the teens because – there's a real possibility if the league is can't, you know, if the season's canceled, everybody's even, 
you know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody's, you know, kind of starts off even with that. So Naismith, that's tough, brother. I would like to know what pick we would have first before I would uh, say that. But he's good. I'm not that. That's actually a, a great player to bring up. He's a he's a, a plug-in kind of guy, plug-and-play kind of guy, 3D kind of guy. So uh, great idea. But yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't take him that early. <laughs> Jails, I'm trying to get the point guard first. I mean, listen, we got a lot of needs. We we know that, right? You may not be able to address yeah, all of yeah. it with a pr- premier player in this draft, but that's what you got free agency for. You have two yeah. more picks later on in the draft. Maybe you get a play with some high upside, a good shooter um, that that could help fill a role for you. Absolutely, and I, and, and I will always remind you to free dot. I <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, we need free a great dot. shooter. I mean, this guy when he when when he was in the game when he got one good season he averaged double figures and then he, he got stuff to the bench the following year. Free my guy, Dot. I, I hey Dotson's those dudes, man. Dotson's one of those guys. I'm like youth movement, you know. Mm-hmm. He he's he's capable of shooting that thing. Trust me. And if you guys have been following me, which a majority of the guys people have been following me, I when we drafted Iggy, I was like, man, this is this dude's gonna take a year to get used to the league mm-hmm. and then he's going to be t- this kid tough and you know go ahead search my history you know whatever you want to do with Iggy I said Iggy was going to be tough he's mm-hmm. like a diamond in the rough you know that the Knicks were able to get him just because he did shoot really well at Michigan yep. speed of the game he needs to adjust to it which he you know I wholeheartedly believe by going into like the middle of next year ish or excuse me the following year he's going to pick up on it and that's going to be a serviceable player. So like, you know, fans, I get it. We want to get shooters galore. Um, but we have two dudes on the bench and those two that once it clicks for them, it's going to click for them, but we need a point guard in order for them to get the ball. Get, get them <laughs> so it's, yeah, we got a lot of needs, man. Gotta you got to get them shooters. Shooters are, you know, creatures of habit, man. Got to get them in a the rhythm. True. Yep. Just, it's just the nature of the beast. True story, man. All right. Um, last call of the night. Rudy Davis, what's going on? Rudy from ATL. Hope everything is good All down right, there, right. man. How you doing? Nice, um, nice talking to you, Sam. Jay Ellis and David, man. This is wonderful. Y'all doing a great job. Appreciate I can't, it. I, Thank I, you, I just, I'm so ecstatic about this program, man. You're the best. And um, I just I was very ecstatic about it. But my question, question to you is, I do that simulator. And that simulator, and I, I'm 61 years old. I used to uh, play ball back back in the day in New Rochelle High School. Mm-hmm. And back hey. in New Rochelle, where I used to play against Rodney, Mc, uh, 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 Rodney McRae, mm-hmm. Scooter McRae, mm-hmm. back in the day. And, you know, when I was looking at it, I was seeing that Wiseman, when I did the simulator, Wiseman kept coming up at 4-3, and three, and the Knicks kept picking it on the simulator because mm. the two – point guards were not there. Now, is that a possibility? Because no, my not. cousin, I have a cousin in, <laughs> um, in Virginia that knows Wiseman pretty well, and he wants to come to play with the Knicks. And it, you won't believe it, but it's because he wants to play with Mitchell. There's a lot <laughs> of people that want to play with Mitch. It's crazy. I know you're shaking your head, but the, but he, he can shoot from the outside. And that's number one. Okay, number, number two. David, how do you like Tillman? Tillman he reminds me of Horace Grant. Back the old school Horace Grant. I know he's in the news lately, but he plays well with his with his uh, with his goggles. And um, I want to know how you felt about Horace Grant or Xavier Tillman. I mean about um, uh, Tillman. I uh, gotcha. Well, first of all, 
shout out to New Rochelle High School. I went to Iona Prep, so shout out to you guys. Uh, shout out to New Um But yeah, to answer your question, so it's a two-part question, I guess, with Wiseman and also Tillman. Tillman, I like, I mean, Jalen Smith plays with goggles. I like him. Tillman, you know, plays with goggles. I like, uh, I like his ability to be a guy that, you know, fills up space. Um, you know, you can never have enough guys that are going to set good screens per se. Um, but I don't, I think if there was going to be a, a, a pick out of the two, I would obviously, I would lean more towards Wiseman. Yes. I've heard that James wants to play with Mitch. Um, knowing a lot of people that do want to play with Mitch, I've, I've gotten those texts, <laughs> trust me, uh, from different dudes around the league, but Long story short, yeah, I mean, Wiseman is, I think Mitch has, I think Mitch is the same height, you know, Wiseman's got a little bit more on him than, in terms of size, so it would be interesting to figure out, well, who's going to play the center, who's going to play the play four, four, who's more comfortable, Right. you know, Wiseman will be more of the four, I guess, he's more comfortable being more of the playmaker, it's just, right now, it's just so hard, because we don't know what pick the team has, and we also don't know who's taking over in the reins for next year. Now we'll lead into this, you know, to, to this next, but um, if it's a guy like Tibbs, you're going to look for, you know, as I said, the active guys around the rim to block shots and, you know, just straight play the, you know, play straight up defense and stuff like that. So you might, ha you might be more inclined to get like an Okoro type, you know, just a super athletic dude that's going to be all over the floor He's not a big, obviously, but he's one of those guys that's just like physique-wise. I mean, that that kid has a phenomenal body. Um, but, you know, if you have Kenny Atkinson, then I could see you going the Wiseman-Tillman route where it's like if you have bigs and guys that need more so in terms of player development and learning how to play more defense, you know, I guess Kenny kind of got not lucky, but he, he had Jared Allen coming in as a shot blocker. So, you know, he needed to develop more on the offensive end. But man, that's, hey, that's I a mean, great is, question. is, is Wiseman the, the generational talent that if, if you're looking at a best play available situation that you're gonna pick, even if you have Mitch and figure it out? I mean, to, to be honest, I'd rather figure out the point guard situation first, man. I do, I do too, and I'm wholeheartedly with you. Like that, that was the point I was gonna get to is like Tillman and, and Wiseman would be would be good additions, don't get me wrong. Um, and they would be very serviceable, big, big men. We just need a consistent point guard that's able to get guys in the right spots. There's a difference between being able to pass the ball and then being able to properly assist, you know, those those uh, the, the passes to get to guys to score the, the ball. You know, I could I could pass the ball to an open man and just you know fill in a place and pass and cut you know all day, but if it doesn't lead to anything productive, you know, and also there are times where the season there was so much calamity going on. There wasn't that one person on the floor to just be like, get everybody in right. order. All right, let's chill. Like we gotta relax. We can, you know, we gotta, you know, reset, run whatever we gotta do. There, there wasn't any of that. So, um, or not enough of it. So it was like, we just need a point guard that's gonna be cerebral, um, that's capable of being a playmaker, finds the open man, but then also creates a rhythm in the offense. I don't need I don't need crazy crazy numbers from the jump. 
I just need consistent guys uh, that feel comfortable within the offense and that they develop. So point guard, point guard first in my book. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm going point guard. JLs, where are you at on the Wiseman thing? On the Wiseman, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't heard. I've heard too much negative on Wiseman. To, to <laughs> I just feel like he his motor. I've heard a lot about. Mm. You know, yeah. he's in the. You know, he's in the McDaniel's boat. You know, per se, uh, from Washington. You know. Crazy upside, crazy athlete. When he puts his mind when to he it, wants you, know, to be. you know, he could be the best player in the draft. But then the motor comes into play, where you're just like, does he really want to do this? Like, is this something where it's like, I, I'm not questioning his heart. I think it's just sometimes players feel uh, they they can get stagnant, mm-hmm. and you know, you need for this city, you you can't we can't have stagnant. Can't have that. Can't have that. <laughs> we already have a nope. motor. We're already having the motor issue with Knox, man. We can't have that, bro. No, can't, cannot have that. All right. Um, yeah, so te- I, I think. Go ahead, bro. I think. Ahead, bro. Motor, I think Knox's thing. Um, Knox's thing with the motor. I got killed for this on Twitter, but I'm gonna say it anyway because I'm a whole believer. Yeah, I ahead. believe in Knox. I believe in. I Knox, believe in Ken, man. man. I think that his his hesitancy is. <laughs> I said that in Kentucky, the motor issue was because. He legit was better than most of the players on the floor whenever he stepped on the floor. And when you're at a program like Kentucky and you're surrounded by four other dudes that are just killers too, you're going to take plays off sometimes. Like, let's, let, let's be honest. Like, it does happen to the best of guys sometimes. You know, RJ was accused of that down at Duke because, let's, you know, Z was killing it. Cam was, you know, had his games. You know, there were, there were lots of things going on with that. And then when you come to the Knicks – um, and you know, you are a lottery pick. The whole mental aspect and the speed of the game, that was an issue. And that's something where I think it's, if he, he needed to get adjusted to the speed of the game by not necessarily just being thrown in the fire and having to score so much, because then you're talking about a guy, as I said, between when you start thinking too much, it's not necessarily that you're scared of the moment. You're more, you're not trusting your mechanics. You're not trusting that muscle memory. So Knox became one of these things where if you saw in the beginning of summer league and all the fans, I suggest you to do this summer league, Kevin Knox was shooting the hell out of the ball. Yeah. He had the, he had his palm on the side of the ball. He would turn his palm in terms of getting the laces lined up with these three fingers. All right. So fans, you know, Keep this in mind. The, the laces of the ball would be in these three fingers, and he would always have his wrist 90-degree angle, but the palms would start on the side, and then at the apex of his shot, he would turn it, which was great. It was working for him. A lot of shooters do it. Like, Steph does it. Uh, Harden does it. Mm. You know, like, a lot of guys do do that. The regular season, however, his, uh, his hand started going over the top of the ball to almost as if, like, he's protecting it because he's thinking, okay, mm. now I got to do this. Now I got to do that. So if your palm goes over the top of the ball and you're putting the ball on the floor, A, that's wasted movement right there because you're not attacking towards the basket. You're attacking down. Knox's base was never strong that way, hence why a lot of fans were saying, well, he's too weak and he's doing this or he gets knocked off of that. Sure, that could be partly true, but the way that you're able to shoot towards the basket, it's essentially as if you're throwing a chest pass, if if that makes sense. Does that kind of make sense, everybody? So Mm -hmm. like your guide hand straight, I like to teach this. Your guide hand is going to be straight. Your thumbs are lined up here. And if you're confident with your shot and it goes straight up with your elbow in, you are just throwing essentially this pass from your chest up above your eyebrow. Knox wasn't doing that. 
palm would go over the top, his shooting hand would go behind the ball. That's a recipe for disaster. So yeah, if you guys can go back, check out the summer league highlights. If you can, uh, you know, get slow motion or get synergy, check out the way he would hold the ball for his uh, triple threat and getting ready to shoot the regular season. All of that went out of the window and he started turning his hips. It's a physical thing with him. So it's not necessarily that he can't do it. Um, so that that would be my biggest thing with the Knox. That's my breakdown for Knox's jump shot. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, no, I, I believe in that. I think if for he sure. has a confident ability to just have the same muscle memory, you know, he could be a, he could be a decent winning. player. I don't see a star. I, I got patience. I got patience for Kev. Yeah, yeah I definitely yeah, got patience. Sure. So, so these kids, all these kids are so young, man. They, they just yeah. gotta get coached. And again, Kev, along with Frank, Kev's gonna be looking at his third coach. In as many years, man. Mm. So exactly. as we segue yeah. to that, uh, just give me give me some quick thoughts on on the coaching search right now. We're hearing Tibbs is the hot candidate. Atkinson is going to have the interview. What what are you thinking in terms of coach right now, and and your familiarity with these guys? Yeah, my familiarity. I'm more. I'm very familiar with uh, Kenny. Uh, being able to watch, you know, uh, practices, uh, just. Picking guy, uh, picking the brains of guys on his staff. You know, knowing Kai, um, but also just what he was able to do with the players that he had. You know, we're talking X's and O's. He's a stickler for details. He's gonna establish, regardless of whether fans. You know, it's funny, Kenny Atkinson or Tibbs. You're gonna get this grinded out culture. You know, this culture of. Details matter. We're going to do the little things over and over, and we're going to fix those things that you feel so comfortable with. We're going to make them, you know, uncomfortable. So you're going to get that with either coach. Kenny is younger. Uh, he's more, you know, he's been in the game as of uh, recent. There's not as much of a track record, you know, which I think also is overrated because p- players say that, I mean, people say that Tim's runs players to the ground. I I guess I could see that, you know, I think fans are taking into account that some of these, some of these injuries that the guys in Chicago have are freak injuries, but also practices and NBA players, they all, if you watch, if you have the opportunity to watch an NBA practice, it is not just, it's not sweet. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like this is not something where, oh, they doing too much or physically they're just, no, it's, you're gonna play 40 minutes, you're gonna play 48 minutes a game. Cool. Most of them are not. It is what it is. That's just the nature of the beast. Mm. I want to get Atkinson here. I think in terms of establishing that culture, the player development, what he was able to do with Prigioni as a player, but also having him on the staff He's a coach, yeah. and learning more and more things and how the point guard, you know, play occurs. People don't know, like Tiago Splitter, Prigioni. Uh, Milt uh, Palacio, mm-hmm. all those guys were in the Nets organization. And those were all, they, were they stars? No, but they all did their role really, really well while throughout their time in the league. And they all were players that were all coached by detail-oriented um, uh, coaches. So long story short, that's the guy that I would, I would, I would like to have is uh, Atkinson. If Tibbs comes, I wouldn't be mad at that either, you know, defensively. He's going to have to learn, though, that we can't ice the ball, you know, every two plays because that's not how the NBA operates anymore. And I'm sure he's privy to that. I'm sure that he has learned by watching the game. 
Uh, but Chicago did that a lot because they were able to do that with the young Joe Kim um, and, uh, and Tyrus Thomas on board. So, you know, you can get away with that when you have active big. So, you know, those two dudes are the guys that I would like to see get the job. Atkinson, number one, though. Uh, would you, are you concerned? I've heard some concerns about Atkinson's um, ability to adjust. Um, in-game adjustments, right? Yeah, he has in-game adjustments offensively or even defensively. Mm. Do you have Do you have anything to say about any thoughts on that? I do. I do have concerns about it. I only the only concerns I do have about that is the roster that they had. You know, yeah, they. You know, Dinwiddie was a, a very you know potent scorer. Uh, they had uh, you know D'Angelo who was a really great scorer as well. But D'Angelo was also a very you know high volume everything, <laughs> whether it was scorer, shooter. You know, there. I feel like this Knicks team coming up, judging by what I've heard behind the scenes and also what we're looking at, the team is not going to be one dude's high volume. It's going to be pretty good in terms of hopefully spreading the floor, spreading the ball around, spreading the floor out. So that was one of those things because also Levert was hurt. Uh, there were just little things that added up with the Nets. And then this year with you know Kyrie coming on board, you know, then missing a few important pieces like Kevin Durant, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to kind of, you know, if you, if you plan for one thing, excuse me, with a player such as like Kyrie, and then he's hurt for a long period of time, it's kind of hard to, to fill that in. So I could see the issues uh, with him adjusting and kind of blowing those leads, but they had a lot of ups and downs this year with the Nets. So hopefully we don't have that. <laughs> we have a younger team. Uh, we have a team that is strictly here for development, which is going to be great for Kenny as well to instill that instead of getting a bunch of vets who you're still going to have to try to mold into, you know, said X amount of players. You know, mm -hmm. if you had a bunch of Joe Harris's on this roster, that'd be really good, you know, but we don't. So, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, Kenny, Kenny's my guy. Uh, that's my pick. I would like to see him here. I'd like to see him come back. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I, I would definitely, if, if I had it between Kenny and Tips, I, th I feel like Kenny would be more suited for this development process. Um, and like you said, based on his track record, you might you might get an Atkinson Miller ticket, JLs. You never know. You, you yeah, might get I'm a, like, a, with a Miller as your associate head coach. I wouldn't mind bringing Miller back. I think I think I I have I think I have, I think I have Tips third. I think I have Miller, Miller Kenny Tips. Miller Kenny. Yeah, Tibbs. I like I like Miller. I like Miller from. Uh, uh, personal standpoint too, you know, my my last two years working for Westchester, he was a coach, and hearing literally hearing him on the sideline because you know I work the table, you see the way that he's able to you know call plays on the fly, dissect the matchups that they have based on the so like he is legit a basketball you know fiend, and you have other coaches that are just like. Every coach is going to rely on their uh, assistance. But Mike Miller has a tendency of being like, look, this is what we have for X amount of plays and what we're going to do in terms of the matchups. If this happens, this happens. You know, he's covering all his bases. Mm. And the players respond to that. You know, they're going to work really hard with that. So seeing him firsthand, feet away from me in Westchester, and then also just watching him with the team this year to finish up the year, if he came back as like an associate head coach, 
uh, that would be great. And it would be a really good one-two punch uh, to see that. Um, a dark horse for me, though, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, like, I, I was hearing rumblings about, you know, Jeff Van Gundy looking to come back somehow. I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of the guys that played with him under for Team USA, and these are not NBA guys. These are G League guys, but one of them was being Marshall Plumley. And Marshall told me flat out, he was like, he's like this, probably the second smartest coach I've ever had. Mm. Like, I'm telling you, sorry, I like, I like Jeff a lot as a person. I like Jeff a lot as a coach. He's always been a cool dude. Um, he's able to be able to relate to the players. Um, so I would like it from a personal and professional standpoint, if he was in New York again, yeah. as an assistant, that'd be dope. Yeah. I, I would say I wanted Jeff Van Gundy when, Actually, I mean, when two years ago, when yeah, Fizz was, same here. Same I here, wanted man. Jeff Gundy. If Jeff Van Gundy is uh, is an uh, option this year, I want him as head coach personally. But I haven't really heard that much about him. Right, that's why he would be at the top of my list, Hales. But, but I just don't a, know is it is it realistic? I don't know. Yeah, but he's at the top. I of don't my think I don't think he wants to be a head coach. I don't see mm-hmm. him. Um, I would have to. I don't know. I mean, I, I would have to necessarily like talk to the man, but I would say from what I've heard from others, I don't think he's looking to, I think he just wants to be in coaching. Yeah. But be around. seeing the way, seeing the way that things are building in New York, you know, there's a lot of things that are exciting that, that you know, that are on the horizon. You know, they haven't obviously come out yet, but like, it could be good for us. You know, I think that it would be good for the Knicks, you know, so we'll see. Uh, I, I would love to see it, man. Yeah. Well, well, David, man, I definitely appreciate. We went into over. Oh, we, we went into like double, triple overtime, man. We usually yeah, keep man. the shows <laughs> to under hour, yeah, but uh, cool, you know, man. you don't you don't get this type of insight every every day from your guests, man. So we definitely appreciate all of the insight that you wow. came and all that you came on the show with all all the gems that you dropped, man. Definitely appreciate it, bro. Nah, I appreciate you guys having me. This was dope. Uh, hey, I'm looking forward to the next one, man. Yeah, man. Uh, just let the know, let the fans know where they can find you, man, and we'll make sure that the mods throw you, your, your Twitter link in the chat as well. Yeah, it's uh, David Zenon, Z-E-N-O-N, the number one at just at on Zenon, Twitter. David Zenon one at, at Twitter at David Zenon one on Twitter. Definitely appreciate it. Um, JL, I'm gonna swing the camera over to you and uh, get and sign out, man. All right, man. You know the drill. Latest episode of the Naked Time Show is up on youtube.com slash the time show. Definitely watch that. And we we talking about all the the coaching stuff and the new hires and you know, you know, the latest Nick's news and all that stuff. Also check out the Naked Time Show.com to watch the latest blogs. We got our guy Kendall dropping gems every week. Also, we had David Sheets drop a nice little article about Roger Barrison. Definitely read that. And yeah, follow me on all social media as well. That is all. Back to all right, all right. Definitely appreciate you guys and salute to everybody for watching, man. Everybody that's stuck in here with us, we definitely appreciate it. Remember, these shows are available in audio podcast format as well. To call, we need your support. We appreciate everybody who sent us a super chat. Uh, but share these videos. You know, there's free ways to hit that thumbs up button, leave a comment in the chat or the video, and share these videos. It goes a long way to making this show the number one show for the fans by the fans. Jails, make no mistake about it. And uh, next guest, J. Ellis, it has been confirmed. We finally confirmed it. Wednesday night, Charlie Ward is coming through. 
to Knicks Fan TV. So definitely don't want to miss that. Charlie Ward is coming through. That's Wednesday night at uh, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern time. So we, we got him locked in to, to the evening slot, man. So um, Alex Collins, my guy, checking in from Ireland. He, he's, it's probably like 4 in the morning over there. He's been struggling to stay up. Ooh. Finally go to sleep, man. All That's the mods, we appreciate it. Uh, above the rim, definitely appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, everybody, we'll see you guys.